and it's pretty cool. Hello? Hello? Oh, it's back up. Oh, song? Oh. Sorry. Oh, it's an increase. Thank you. And so, uh... I'm messing with you. Amen. But uh, it, is, uh, it is great to be together today, as always, and... Um, it's, uh, it still feels surreal that I'm here, to be honest, and, um, but it's great. It's encouraging to be here with all of you and to serve alongside with all of you, and um, amen. I'll definitely be praying um, uh, for, uh, for charity and the family and those involved, and um, sometimes we have no answers, but um, it is encouraging, as Jeff said, that uh, she uh, was restored about a week and a half before that happened, and I think, praise God for that. And, uh, and uh, it, it's, the Bible says one mourns, we all mourn together. Um, but we know, uh, we have that hope that we know that she is enjoying heaven and uh, be waiting there for all of us. And uh, that, that gives us all encouragement. Uh, but again, we still mourn and we pray for those uh, who are around her. And I'm sure you are going to be uh, uh, volunteering yourself to help out and to serve. Um, again, the Bible says one mourn, we all mourn together and uh, amen. So... I know we'll do that. Yeah, like I said, it's great to be together. I, you know, I come in, I feel like I'm meeting new people. And uh, I'm trying to get everyone's names down. And uh, it's very easy if you know my name. It's just one person, Alex. <laughs> For the rest of us, I feel like we should have name tags though, all the time. Um, but it is also encouraging this morning that I have to confuse and go, okay, which, when I say the thrones, who am I talking about? Is it the elder throne or the other elder throne? Or now we have Jared throne. Wow. And so uh, I go back with Jared a long time, and uh, I remember when Jared was, uh, um, you won't remember this, but he was trying to be like the vice president or the accountant or something, or treasurer for his middle school in other Virginia, and um, and I never had those ambitions myself, I was just happy to go to school. By the way, I know we have two more weeks uh, for, before school begins, and uh, my kids are excited, but I, I'm really excited for my kids to go back to school. I love my kids, but you got to go. You got to go. And uh, amen. Thank you, Eric, for the water. In Fiji, we share everything. You do. So, but amen. Uh, it, is, it has been encouraging to go to the book of Genesis. Um, it's been refreshing for my heart. I'm sure for all of you. Uh, to go back to a familiar book. And I, as I said before, sometimes you read a book or a passage you haven't read for years. You're in a different phase of life now. You're more mature, or hopefully we're all more mature, a different life stage. But it hits your heart in a different way. And as we read about Joseph, I love the story of Joseph. He's trying to understand God's plan from the beginning of the fall of man all the way through to the New Testament. And Joseph is a part of that line. He is a great father in the faith to all of us. And so um, we'll continue that, uh, that story today. We're going to be in Genesis 40 to 41. It is two chapters. There's a lot there. We won't be able to read the entire thing, obviously. But we'll make our way uh, the most we can. But the good thing is you can actually go back and read it on your own and, um, and get, you know, get to know all of it. I love this passage. The Hebrews 13, verse 8, the anonymous writer of Hebrews says a, a statement that's so true. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But our Lord has never changed. He's the same. Now we, we may have aged, our character changes, but Jesus is the same. And it gives us that great hope, even with God, that God would say, in Psalm 55, 19, 
God who is enthroned from the old, who does not change. The great prophet Malachi would say, I, the Lord, do not change. Speaking for God, God, God never changes. So we come to a very consistent God. And that's encouraging, because I'm inconsistent. I can go up and down. But my God is not. He is our anchor. He is our redemption. He is our redeemer. And so as we continue, we have to recap a little bit from the previous... Um, Joseph began at, at uh, 8.17, had a great dream, two great dreams, and involved him and no one else. He was the man, everyone was not. And uh, write that, what you, things you should not do is tell your older brothers, I'm going to rule over you one day. <laughs> doesn't work out that well. I don't know, it's good news sharing, it didn't work out that well that day. And uh, then we know that he uh, was thrown into a well. And then they had second thoughts. They go, that's kind of bad. Why do we mistreat our own brother, put him in the well? So let's do something better. Let's just sell him. Let's sell him. And then they tell the dad who had a favorite, again, what not to do. Um, and the dad thinks that they've killed the youngest son. And he's heartbroken. So Joseph, Joseph then actually ends up in Egypt. He's picked up by some Ishmaelites. Uh, so now he's been sold by his brothers. Then he's resold by the Ishmaelites. And a man named Potiphar picks him up. And now Potiphar will actually use him in his own household. Now you have Joseph climbing up. Things going really well for himself. And unfortunately in that, Potiphar's wife, we never know her name, has some, her own issues of her own, wants to be with Joseph. Joseph keeps maintaining his purity and his faith outside of, I mean, think about it for ourselves, to be isolated by, that, by yourself and yet so faithful to your God, when no one's watching. Man, can you imagine how Joseph would feel in this fellowship, surrounded by so many people that love God? That he's by himself, that he's so faithful. And yet even through that, there's injustice, and then he goes to jail. The description is he actually is in a dungeon. So we'll pick up in verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 40. Again, we'll read the whole thing, but we'll read, go, go through quite a bit. So sometime later, the cupbearer and the, and the baker, now remember he's in prison now, or in the dungeon, of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, were being held in prison had a dream the same night. And each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning and he saw that they were dejected, uh, he saw that they were dejected, so he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with them in the master's house, why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered. But there's no one here who can interpret them. The chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in my dream I saw a vine in front of me. And on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. Uh, this, is what, this is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are the three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift your head and restore you to your position, and you'll put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you were used to when you were his cupbearer. Now when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. 
So mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I've done nothing wrong to deserve to be put in the dungeon. So when the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable, favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. I'm sure he's probably thinking, wow, give me some of that blessing. I had a dream too. On, on my head were three baskets of bread. And the top of the basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the breads, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. And this is what the Lord, this is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are for three days. But in three days, Pharaoh will lift your head up and impale your body in the cold. And the birds will eat, your, will eat away your flesh. Now on the third day, it was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the, uh, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of the officials, and he restored the chief cupbearer to his position. But he once again put the cup into the Pharaoh's hand, but he impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had said to him in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. We'll continue with the story in chapter 41. You know, I, I don't know what will be going through your mind, but I, here he is, Joseph, and you know, we're, we're giving the bird's eye view. But I love it in, in uh, the book of uh, James, it says, Elijah was a man just like us. That means Joseph felt everything we could actually feel. And I wonder what went through his mind. Again, it all began with two dreams. The two dreams are pretty epic. And so now he's, he enters, well, the very beginning, by the way, even, it all begins pretty awesome. I'm going to be the ruler. It's going to be great. This is great. From that, the height of that, to being sold by his own brothers. Then he goes, he ends up in Egypt under Pharaoh, uh, under one of Pharaoh's officials, Potiphar, he thinks, okay, I'll work it here. But I'm going to hang on to this dream. He works his way up, only to be behind injustice, and now he's in the dungeon. I wonder how it would feel. And now you're in the dungeon, you go, okay, now, now what? While he's in the dungeon, he comes across two men, and he's serving them. And uh, it's amazing how even through all this, he's still serving, and it's, uh, he's still faithful to God. Again, away from everything, away from everybody. And now, and now, I love it how it begins. It's, the Bible sometimes just so quickly just says things. Sometime later, what? Just like that? Yeah, yeah. That was his life. We're going to find out from the time he was 17, the time he actually becomes what God wants him to be is 13 years. Sometime later. And now he's in, he's in prison. There's a cupbearer and a baker there. And they both had a dream the same night. And so it's amazing because we, we're given at least some kind of background to know that Joseph is there serving them. To what capacity, we don't know. Perhaps he's serving water, giving food, but he's attending to them, and he's so aware of them that he says one day, what's wrong? You don't look well today. You look so sad. And to be honest, if I'm in a dungeon, I got no time worried about how you feel. I'm just saying, I feel like I have the right to be a little bit selfish. But he's there, and he sees that they're dejected, and he starts asking them questions. And apparently they had these dreams, they must have been talking about it together. And the way they're talking about their dreams, they're, so, they're, they're confused because they're like, we had these dreams, but no one's here to interpret them. And we know later on from Pharaoh that they had magicians around that would interpret dreams. 
So now they're, they're, they're previously part of Pharaoh's inner circle. They're in a dungeon, so they have no more benefits to their employment. And those benefits included, when you have a dream, you have a dream interpreter. But the 401k, nothing's here anymore. And they're by themselves. No access. But I think it's amazing, uh, as we said previously, that God is always working the plan. God is always behind the scenes. And He has a plan. And perhaps Joseph's like, alright, here we go. Tell me your dream. The first dream, three branches. And they started budding out a big cluster of grapes. And the grapes are there. And in, in his mind, he gets the grapes. He said, I get these grapes and I serve so I'm not sure if that's homemade grape juice. I don't know what's happening. But I'm serving Pharaoh. And then he says, you know what that dream is? Three days from now. You're going to be okay. You're going to be at the top again. Well, that sounds pretty awesome. Hey, before you go, just real quick. All I ask is remember me. Just please remember me. Because this injustice here, I'm a foreigner in a foreign land. Just remember me, please. That's what I ask. Show some kindness. And obviously, we know that he forgets. The baker is there, and the baker, the baker in his mind has these baskets. I don't know, in his mind, he's got all kinds of goodies, describes all kinds of things in his head. And, and I, I can't imagine him saying, Well, yep, you're going to be impaled. You want some water? <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Anybody, anybody hungry? I keep on going to my job. To think what was going through Joseph's mind, I keep on getting forgotten. Everyone forgets me. My brother's purposely forgotten. My dad, we don't know. He doesn't know his dad knows that story. That he was killed. And I just, I would be thinking, where's my dad at now? That's emotional pain. My own brothers, my father, Potiphar, those men who sold me. Every man failed me so far. And here I'm down at the bottom. And then Potiphar worked my way up. God's plan is going to happen. And no, it's not going to happen. And now I'm in prison. And I have this, and I even told the guy, listen. And he gets out in three days. I'm sure you heard the story. Because it's Pharaoh's party. I'm sure there's a big commotion happening. So some party. I hope we get some food down here. Three days. He's going to tell him, get me out of here. And no, nothing happens. And we're told two years later. Two years. How would I feel? How would you feel? So, uh, I have a big point at the end, but it's a question right now. What are you putting your hope in? What are you putting your hope in now? You know, believe it or not, we're all just sheep. We just are. We find something to put our hope in. We're designed to worship. That's in you. That's in us. And so if we don't put our hope in God, what do we put our hope in? I wonder what's going through his mind. Again, you know, and it, it, is, uh, it is interesting that his story has been being written. And Moses will later on give us all the details. But I also wonder what my story will be. What is your story going to be? As people look back and go, what hope did you put your hope in too? You know, here you have um, um, 
You have Joseph at 17. He's a young man at 17 in Genesis 37. And it says he's actually... Genesis 40, 40, 41 says two years have passed. And then, and then 13 years after that. So 13 years goes by between the time he's given this amazing dream. And he becomes who God wants him to be. But it's a timeline. And I actually wonder... Where would I have faltered on that timeline? Where would I have given up? If I was Joseph, or you were Joseph in that story, where would you have given up? Enough. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Where? Where would you have done that? We're all designed to give ourselves hope into something. And Joseph, as we can tell, obviously gives hope to God, but we have to be very careful. We don't give in to false hope. Even when everyone fails us, so we don't put our hope in man. Even in a situation for him, in his job, he gets all his hope in his job. He's not secure there. And, and Psalm 33, 17 says, The horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its strength, it cannot save. Why is that statue of the Israelites? Because the horse is very powerful. You can't rely on what the world relies on. Be very mindful. Where is your hope at? Where is your trust in? Things will waver, but where your hope is, that will anchor you. In Jer Jeremiah 17, 5, this is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Where is my hope at? What kept him going? There's something brave that we can look into. The Bible wants us to have all our hope in our own God. But that's our security. That we're very careful to not give our hearts to false hope. You know, sometimes we can shift it. I remember, I, I loved watching it, the original, the first uh, Indiana Jones. Come on. There's that moment, uh, it begins pretty epic, as they all begin pretty epic. There's a shifting. What's worth, what's worthless to what's worth, you know, it's like that. And then he gets killed by the boulder, oh, almost gets killed by the boulder. But the point being, we have to be very careful. The longer we are following God, that we give our hope to the things that don't really matter. And those very things will discourage us. So here we have, God tells us in Psalms 119, You are my refuge. You are my shield. I've put my hope in your word. Everything goes around me, but my hope is in you. Psalms 119, 147, I rise before dawn and cry for help. Why? I hope in your word. I put everything on your word. Psalms 135, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits. And in His hope, I, and in His word, I put my hope. Psalms 42, my tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God, under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. And I love that passage because it's like, you know, I'm so discouraged, I'm so down, and everything, I'm, I'm, he's going to tell himself, stop, why are you so discouraged and so down? Cling to the hope that only God can provide. And I think that's what Joseph had. He had those two dreams. Everything was banking on those two dreams. No matter what happens, I'm going to hang on to that. The men may fail me, but God will never fail me. And I, and I hang on to that. Hebrews 10 says, Not throw away your confidence in which, in which will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that you will have done, when you have done the will of God, you receive what He has promised. So we hang on, like, like Joseph did, no matter what happens in hard times, we hang on because we know 
God is always faithful. Our great hope is in Him. Genesis 41, we'll pick up from there. It says two years have passed, and we'll pick up what, what happens with Pharaoh. And I, I do wonder, like, at that point, it's like, okay, God set everything up for the cupbearer to go, okay, I remember this one man, but he forgot. So now God says another dream to wake up Pharaoh. God's plan will always come through, no matter when men fail us. We'll pick up in verse 1 and 41. It says, won't read the whole thing. When two years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. Now his turn to have a dream. He was standing by the Nile. And when out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. After them seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the river bank. And the cows were u- that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. And Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again, and he had second, he had second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing out of a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy, full heads. And fell, then Pharaoh woke up, and it had, a, it had been a dream. And in the morning, his, head, his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and the wise men of Egypt. Now Pharaoh told them, he told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me, and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard, each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us given each man the interpretation of his dream. And things, and things turn out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other was impaled. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he had him quickly brought from the dungeon. When he, had, when he was shaved and he changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one could interpret it. But I've heard it said, of you that you can hear the dream and you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile, and he comes and the story is repeated over and over again. In verse 24, Then the heads of grain swallowed up the seven good heads. I told this, told this to the magicians, but no one, none of them could explain it to me. Went down a little bit further, and he comes back and explains what the dream is. And it's just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. 29. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but the seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage, it, ravage the land. The abundance of the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh, in the true form, so that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it. I love it because it's a moment where we see Pharaoh, as big as he is, is in need of help. And I know we hang on that passage that says uh, the workers are few, the harvest is plentiful. But there's also a great passage to hang on to. In Ecclesiastes it says, God has also set eternity in the hearts of men. That everybody knows there's something greater. There's something out there. And even before you perhaps put God first in your life, you knew something was out there. And even in times for myself, when I had times of trouble, when I knew I wasn't following God, I remember having prayers to God going, please, God, I know I'm not right with you, but please answer this prayer wherever you're at. And He would come through and I would forget my promise. But why is that? Because within all of us, we know 
The Bible says eternity is in our hearts. So Pharaoh, it's interesting, kind of parallel later on to, to Nebuchadnezzar, the great Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. He's in the same position. He has a dream. He has people around him. No one can help him. Who do we get? A man of God. So for that case was Daniel. But for here we have Joseph. God worked this all out as a master plan. You know, I do think it's interesting. It's a side note to me. I think, you know, uh, for those of us as Christians, we know we're on a mission. And know sometimes we want people to become disciples right away. I get it. But it's always important to share our faith all the time. Because maybe two years later, a Pharaoh will go through a hard time. And where do you turn then? I don't know where to go. There's that one Hebrew. Go drag him out of the dungeon, whatever it is, you know. But there's something here that God, and the cupbearer is like, oh, I forgot, there's a guy. Meanwhile, Joseph's going through all he's going through. But thankfully, he talked about God in that one moment, at his lowest moment. That God will use that moment for Pharaoh. Second and lastly, trust His promises. Lots of promises in the Bible. And God always comes through. There's a point here where Joseph is, is talking to, uh, to Pharaoh and he makes a point that it tells us why he's so faithful in hard times. And if I can have whatever he has I too, and you too can be faithful no matter what happens in hard times. Before that, Pharaoh has a dream, he has two dreams. And I've seen two dreams are happening quite a bit, two dreams at the beginning with, with uh, Joseph, two dreams with a cupbearer and a baker, and now two dreams are happening again. Lots of dreams are happening, obviously, before we have the Word of God. Here you have Pharaoh, and Pharaoh sees seven cows, it started off as a good dream. Seven sleek, seven sleek and fat cows. They're pretty awesome. They're grazing. Pretty awesome. His economy is going to do pretty well. No problem. It's going to be a, a, I don't know if they call it a bull here. Going up. Economy. Out of nowhere, there's seven un ugly cows. They must have been really ugly. I don't know. Well, they come up and they eat up the other cows. I just think if I was there, I'd be like, oh, this is some cannibalistic cows. What's <laughs> happening? I would freak out just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And is the man, so for him to get freaked out, I think all of us would be terrified. So I'm sure he wakes up and he's like, whew, okay, I'm going to go back to bed. It's a dream. We've all had those moments of nightmares to wake up, praise the Lord, I was dreaming. <laughs> he goes back to bed, now he sees these kernel. Seven heads. Good harvest. And the same thing comes up. Ugly ones eat up the good ones. How do you solve this mystery? He may be the ruler, but there's deeper answers he does not have answers, deeper questions he has no answers for. And I also do like the fact that it says that he actually gets all the magicians, everyone he can think of to help him out. That was that day's version of modern day wisdom. Modern day wisdom Maybe it helped him in the past, but at this moment, it had no answers. 
There's something for all of us even in that. There's always modern day wisdom. But at some point, it also fails. Now where do you go? And he decides to go the right place, which is actually Joseph. And so I think what's beautiful about this whole thing is that you can say you can tell a lot about what someone says. We don't know everything that Joseph says, but you can go back and read it on your own. Because then Moses is writing now for us. And as he's before Pharaoh, he makes this great point. He says, you know, verse 20, he says, Just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land, but seven years of famine will follow them. And all the abundance of Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage it. The abundance of the land will not be remembered, because the famine that follows will be so severe. The reason the dream has been given to Pharaoh, in two forms, is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. There is a conviction that Joseph has. Whatever God says, it will happen. Do I have that conviction? Do you have that conviction? When you read it, you go, the Bible says this. It's going to happen. Now obviously he's not so clear about the timing, but he's secure. So perhaps that's what kept him going under Potiphar. Kept him going in the dungeon. It was when he was forgotten three days later at the, fest, at the feast of the, 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 the birthday. I'm going to hang on. So he comes in, by the way, I love it when he talks to Pharaoh. And I'm sure Pharaoh's like, please, send me somebody. So everyone had to come from Egypt. They're all, all, here's my two dreams. They're all like, we can't help you. We can't help you. Perhaps you're scared. Like, if I give you the wrong, I'm going to be impaled too. Right. Who knows? But now they summon this young, this Hebrew, and it says that he was shaved, and he was really shaved, by the way. They put clothes on him, and he's there from the dungeon, and they asked him. They, they, it, I love it how it says, we heard you can, he goes, I cannot answer. He's probably thinking, why'd you bring this guy from me? But Joseph says, but God can. I love that. I mean, this is a, this opportunity for him to say, Herbie can answer. Oh, I can answer anybody's uh, dreams because I'm moving on up now. I'm the man. <laughs> There's an understanding he had. Anything I have is because of God's choice. Yes. 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 Any strength that I have, any ability, any insight I have is not mine. God can give and take. So it's from God. That's just an encouraging thought about his character. But he hangs on to that promise. And even I think he would have heard, yeah, what happened, what happened three days later? What happened to those two guys? Uh, one was impaled. Well, I guess I was right. God was right. The other guy, uh, he's a cupbearer. Oh, that's great. Is he coming for me? But he started connecting dots. And I'm convicted by this. Our forefather Joseph, his great faith was on true dreams. That he, hang on, he held on to when he was a teenager. And he saw two dreams fulfilled. So how much faith should we have when we have all of this? I wonder what Joseph would say if he walked into the room in our fellowship. 
Anyone can have faith in good times. I love having faith in good times. But it was those hard moments, those droughts, when you have no answers, when I have to ask why. And yet his faith was because of two dreams. Those, that, those were promises to him. So he tells Pharaoh, it's going to happen because God always comes through. It's all, he always comes through. And for us, we kind of go, well, we have all this we can hang on to. We can actually read about our great father, Abraham. We can read about Joseph. That is the beginning. We can actually skip the chapters and go, what happened to him? This is pretty awesome. But in real time, it's life for him. Before him, when he was living, there was no David. There are no great prophets. There is no Elijah. There is no apostles. He's just by himself. All I have is two dreams that God gave me. I'm hanging on to that. My God never lies and He never changes. The same yesterday, today, and forever. But we have the great book of Kings. We can actually read God is faithful. He promises and He delivers every single time. So he had two promises. How many promises do we have we can read about? A lot. Yep. A lot. I'm sure he would have meditated on them. I'm sure he had thought about them. God's going to come through. He's going to come through. He's going to come through. He's before Pharaoh and all the magicians. He doesn't, he's not even phased. He's just so confident. God comes through. He had no idea what was going to happen next. He probably could have thought, he could probably put him back in the dungeon. But God's going to come through somehow. Because he always does. And it's a challenge when you're around an unfaithful world. Unfaithful people. When you've been hurt, and you go, well, is God faithful? Yes, He's different. Because sometimes we think our God is how everyone else is. And He's like, no, 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 God always comes through. He always comes through. I've been like, I love the Minor Prophets, I'm sure some of you know that. Um, but the prophecy of Micah, it just simply it just says the prophet Micah, a short, beautiful book, the book of Micah. He says, from you Bethlehem will be the king. Did it happen? Yeah. Pretty awesome. Like, I mean, I, from exact coordinates, Bethlehem. Wow. Yeah. What kept him faithful was God's promises. He didn't waver. So I think when I hear Romans 15, 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have that same hope. Why do we read our Bibles? Just to have a checklist? You can do that, but you're missing out. Or well, we read our Bibles because we're hanging on to promises. We're going back to the scriptures because it guides us that we're not surrounded by the magicians of the day. You know what I'm talking about. The wisdom of the day. Or scary enough, our own thinking. That sometimes our own voices are louder than God's voice. And we have an internal battle like Smeagol and the Lord of the Rings. huh? We read God's word and we leave it and we start going... But it's also scary when you come across someone who's a disciple who doesn't have their quiet times. Yeah. 
And I know in the land of technology, brothers and sisters, but getting a scripture and one scripture a day, I don't think so. You're cheating yourself. You're hurting your own faith. When you, when you short, you know? So then I'm going to spend time. And I think for him, he had nothing but time. I have noticed here, a lot of things are happening all the time. I feel like there's always something moving. I was here before, but it just seems like it's an adjustment now. Like, Fiji's like really slow and very chill all the time. But here's like, woof, 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 woof. And TV's like, whoa! How many channels are there? And they're all good. Like Cupcake War, War Cupcake, Cupcake This, Cupcake That, Baker's This, Baker... How many... Who's watching all this? And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying there's so much competing for your mind. And what's scary is you can actually go, I'm not in sin. And yet you're not in sin by watching Cupcake War Episode 5, whatever it is. But that... But you're going to... You're going to need God's Word at the right time. You may be fine right now, but in two weeks from now, in a month from now, two years from now, five years from now, as some time passed, you're going to hang on those promises. You need God's Word. And I know you have to get to fight for your time. I'm going to get up and have my quiet time. It's me and God. His word is faithful. Deuteronomy 32 says, Remember the days of old. Go back. Go back. We have the option of doing that. Not just two promises. God has given us so much. We have the judges, the kings, the minor prophets. We have about Jesus. It's all there. We're going to put there the picture of baptism. I think it's amazing how at 17, I became a disciple at 17. It's pretty cool. He, at 17, he had a dream. And that dream is still strong as he's sturdy. And all of us who are washed in the waters of baptism, all of us, and I wasn't at your baptism, but I'm sure you came out like this. Yeah! <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. No one came out. <laughs> the happiest day of your life. I mean, you were floating. Come back down. You're floating. Come back down. Come back down. It's such great faith. Has that shifted? You can go back to the scriptures, or even if you can teleport back to yourself. What will that person say to you? As you list off your problems, your issues, you know what, man? Hold up. I just got baptized. Remember that? <laughs> if I die, I'm going to heaven. Everything's bonus. Everything else is bonus. Has that changed? But that promise to him, he held on. We hang on to God's promise. Psalms 84, 11. For the Lord is a, is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk blameless. God's not holding back anything. No, he's not. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things God works out for those, uh, works the good for those who love him. Um, another promise. Matthew 6. We all know this from the Seeking God study. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For pagans run after all these things, and Heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The reason I put this credit score, because we're back here in the States, everything's credit score, 
And they check your credit score for everything. I don't like that feeling, but amen. Well, you can actually check God. And check His credit score. It's excellent. He always comes through. That's our hope that we hang on to. That's the hope we hang on to. And you kind of go back, go back to our baptism. While we were so fired up then. Because we were immersed in Bible studies. And if you're like me, it's like every other day for a Bible study. Like, again? But my faith was so strong. We can have the same thing. We get into God's scripture. We make the time to read, to meditate, to think, to go back to those early days. Go back to those promises. We need that time. It's God's word that gives us that hope and that confidence. Lastly, how we finish up here, what are you putting your hope in? Trust in His promises. And we'll get into them in the next second. But I love it how it just says at the end, Pearl's put in charge. I think, wow. Before he even said, God's going to come through. And he does always come through. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not change. We put all our hope in him. That's why we get into the scriptures. And that's why if you're visiting, you can't get past the doors after a long period of time without someone asking you, do you want to study the Bible? Because we understand. Your confidence, your hope has to be in God's word. That will keep you going. Through the good times and the bad times. Because our God is always faithful. Thanks, Alex. Um, thanks, Wes, as well, for sharing uh, so vulnerably uh, about your life. And, uh, just real quick, what I thought about uh, the whole worship time today, I thought three words. Pain, hope, and promise. And I'm not sure where you are in your walk with God, your life in general, your faith. Maybe you're a place where things are awesome. Maybe you're a place where there's a lot of pain. And maybe you haven't experienced pain in life yet, but for everybody, pain will come. For sure. uh, Because that's part of life. And when pain comes, where do we put our hope? And uh, hope, where we put our hope will really expose a lot about our faith and our characters and our pain. And I thought of this idea of promise when at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus saw the long, amazing sermon, he gives this charge based saying that, you know, the flood's going to come, the rain's going to come, and your structure, your house, your hope will be exposed when pain comes. And for us, we put our faith in God, we put God's word into practice, when our pain will be exposed. Our hope will also be exposed, that it is in the anchor of our soul, which is Jesus, which is so amazing. And I was talking about just how much pain there is in the world, that we as Christians, we as disciples, can give them this hope that is in Jesus. So, I just want to thank Alex for that, um, for just, you know, through the scripture. Okay, just a couple quick announcements. There's a ladies' meeting today after service. Next Sunday.